That's a Shame is brought to you by the people who support us over at patreon.com slash shamecity. If you have a dollar, two dollars, a dollar to spare, join us again at patreon.com slash shamecity, please. Hello and welcome to episode this one of That's a Shame. I remember just as I was saying it, we don't say the number anymore, do we? No, we don't. We don't say the number, we don't say the date. No. We don't say who we are. <laughs> we def... No. It's uh, an anonopod. No, it's not. We do say who oh, we are. You make sure of it every time. I'm, I'm only it's known one of your fave things. as Mr. I. And you? I'm known as Declan. Oh, very I'm cool. friend of Isaac. Yeah, who's uh, that? Well, could be anyone. Could be anyone's guest. Welcome back to a free episode of the podcast you know and love. A podcast that's like a mother's milk trickling down your fat baby chin every Sunday. That's a shame. Is that good? Is that... Well, I think good? so, because okay. they say mother's milk is usually considered a good thing, right? Yeah, but you'd want it inside the baby, not dribbling all down. My it. point is the baby has such a glut of milk available to it in right. the form of the podcast to continue the His metaphor. teat overfloweth. It, well, it's not his teat. It's the... I, well, I suppose, you know... Exactly. It, yeah, I... I Still don't think it's his, and I don't like that you've gendered the baby, but that's on you, Mister. I, was I would it in never that kind of mankind sort of way. Oh, right, the sexist yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, where what you do is you just kind of erase everyone. Well, else. you default to white men. Yeah, straight. Sorry, I should say cis. Cis, cis. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> God, wouldn't want uh, to. They're get... able-bodied. They're wealthy. Absolutely. Yeah. American. Maybe. Probably, yeah, Probably. American or maybe like English aristocracy from the 1855. Yeah, I think they're an American who's obsessed with the English aristocracy. Let me hit you with this one: landed. Well, oh yes, landlorded. That's Fuck for sure. Yes, but goodness me, what nonsense we chat because we've got an episode ahead of us. We have hot off the press, hot off the back of a great big NFT tacular that wow. some have called grossly <laughs> financially illiterate <laughs> no, and no one's many others have called prescient that a lot of it's collapsed Weird. already but i'm sure there will be cyberpunks ready to fight the new day crypto yeah. punks i mean although cyberpunk probably can be an nft probably, if they yeah. want why not what have we got this week uncle delk well i was thinking about you know recent episodes that people have been in touch to say they loved oh, oh that's a shame yeah and yeah. they're they're on it there weren't many no, not recently. Radio silence. So I was thinking a little further back, maybe like a year or so ago, mm-hmm. um, to think about the any golden others. age. And they're, they're, yeah, back in the car days, people were oh, not, they, they were not getting those. in touch. <laughs> um, so I had to think back much, much further. Episode one. Almost, oh, almost. Um, but I was thinking about, we did some fun episodes where we looked into the absolute horror that was oh, yeah? some of the UK's children's television oh of course we looked at mr ben yeah you may remember and all of the things he was he diddling. was traveling through time and space touching and then we also could. we looked a little bit at, at mona the vampire mm, good stuff so i thought what else what else is what there? else is there out there that that possibly because you know it's lots of children's television very normal um mm. so well some of it not much of it to be honest no okay very little of it but you'd think that you know, like everything else, they could be... They just get the normal write-up, breakdown, what happened here yeah. and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's, there was no guarantee I'd find anything weird. Um, 
And yeah, I did. Oh, you did? That's I did, yeah. And what's prompted this nostalgia trip? Are you, do you feel like you're getting on? Is that it? You're starting to like rose yeah, colour I mean, tinted oh, glasses, your youth. Having, you know, the best years of my life stolen by COVID, like all of us. Yeah, you know? fuck. Um, Luckily, I'd already just, had mine. It was as well um, the moving forward of the clock today. Just losing, Did that happen? Just that hour. I gone. felt like I hadn't slept as long yeah, as my clock Yeah, last night. Said. Yeah. Mm. It was very disturbing when it goes from 0059 to 2. And you're like... Hang on, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! This has been stolen. That's rude, isn't it? So I was thinking, fuck, time's moving on, isn't it? Are we an anti-daylight savings time pod? I think we should be. Are we going to get into a big like Peter Hitchens? Yeah, just, I like, think that should be our main thing. thing. It okay. should be that's a shame. Brackets specifically, comma <laughs> daylight savings time exclamation mark close brackets. Wait, so we're but. We don't ever mention the date, so but we are going to be mentioning the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep abreast of that. That's good. All right, you find out what it would be now. Probably an hour before. Probably so. So the first that I looked at uh-huh. was um, a favourite that I think people outside the UK might not be as familiar with. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <clears throat> well, we can spread the good I am news. Too. Exactly, we are, and it's it's everyone's favourite, Rosie and Jim. oh Rosie and Jim Rosie they lived on Jim. a canal boat they did although as I'm constantly told in this uh, Wikipedia page it's actually a narrow boat what's the difference well it's it's not they're both that's boats that go on a canal yep that's just the name of the of the canal it boat. implies the alternative is the wide the boat wide that's boat. stuck in so the sewers, the sewers. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, now, so they had a duck friend. I remember. We're going to come okay, right cool. onto duck. Don't good, you good, worry. Good. So the the little intro, Rosie and Jim, sometimes written as Rosie ampersand Jim. I thought it was always no my mistake. Exactly. See, God, you know, this is some Berenstein Bears shit. Is a British children's television program that was produced by Rosie and Jim Ragdoll Productions. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, and aired on ITV. From 1990 to 2000. Wow, that's a long run. Yeah, it's quite a long... It's one of those things that sort of we found last time when we were looking where these shows either had five episodes... But, and yet yeah, everyone talks about them as if they ran on for like their entire Yep, childhood, life. as if there was a new one every yeah. day. Or they secretly made a thousand yeah, <laughs> and didn't and, tell and anyone. still are. And they <laughs> yeah. franchised it to like Reykjavik TV. Um, so the story of Rosie and Jim is thus, for those who don't know, and indeed I, for those I who don't, do. I do, and I've seen a lot of it. Rosie and Jim are two rag dolls who live aboard a narrowboat called the Rag Doll. I thought they were just humans. No. What do you mean? Aren't, aren't Rosie the, and Jim some guys? No. They're oh, puppets no. and always have been. What That's do you, weird. How did you miss that central... There must be a man. Central, there's a man there who Yeah, there's a man, who plays there's a man or a woman or another man who, like drives the boat uh, I've boat seen key of him I think right and you've you've assumed Rosie and Jim well they are quite scary looking um, which is from the West Mid- West Midlands okay there they sit with a concertina on their lap and come <laughs> alive when no one is looking to explore the world that they pass by on the canal mm, they but only to- from the canal no, they they do go. Aboard. They sneak off and back on. Yeah, they learn absolute reckless fools. Well, you say that, but listen to this: they learn to experience things by following the ragdoll's owner on his or her adventures and secretly joining in with them. Usually, they end up causing trouble, but they are never detected because no one ever sees them. <laughs> really? Well, no wonder I didn't remember them. Exactly. Because <laughs> we've never. Why did you show me that voices. picture of nothing? Of yeah. Very weird. Now, How, can I just clarify? There was a sentence that lost me. It sounded like it said they, as in the puppets Rosie mm-hmm. and Jim, learn about the world by following the ragdoll's owner. What was that? Yeah, so the ragdoll is the boat. 
Oh, uh, okay. The ragdoll the is the boat. Is, it was a guy, then a woman, and then a guy again. So the ragdoll is the production company and the boat, and, the and boat. it's the genus of Rosie and Jim. Yeah, and let me. We have some interesting news about the boat later on. Okay, but first the characters. There's Rosie. Yeah. Now at this point, I was thinking some. You know, no one ever sees them. That's a bit weird. But it's been pretty tame so far. Yeah, it's not. It's like normal level. That's like Toy Story level. Yeah. Of, of weird. Rosie is the female rag doll. Uh-huh. In their adventures, she carried a bag that has her name written on it. That's fine. She wears a yellow dress and has long, shaggy black hair. That's a look. She is often heard referring to the boat driver as Fizzgog. Any That's reason? That's the first one. Any reason about that? Loopy Lobes. Oh, uh, Lobes. That was the woman. And Tootle. That was the last guy. She t- sometimes calls Jim Noggin. I don't love that. Her skin colour became a bit darker from series three. Oh, Fair enough. Yep. Yeah. Uh, possibly to make up for the fact that she was saying things that sounded vaguely like old British slurs. Yeah, they all do sound like what fucking Rudyard Kipling would have called yeah, exactly. the hell. Every single one of those. Loopy bring me my, Bring me my old grey. What's that Fizzgog doing over there? <laughs> Terrible. That's like exactly feels like the vibe that they were just like, okay, we've got to have some justification you can't, for this. I don't like the arbitrary nature of lots of children's TV where they'll just be like, well, for no reason, like we're going to introduce like Iggle Piggle. Like, there's no reason for him to say that or be called that. <laughs> there's none. It's never explained in it's, the narrative. Like, no, how, who named him that? Some um, eternal More importantly, being. why? Yeah. Um, Jim yeah. is the male ragdoll. In their adventures, he can be seen carrying a notebook in which he sometimes oh, draws right. things that he has seen. Oh, no. He has short red hair and wears light brown trousers, a shirt with a red scarf and a brown waistcoat. Again, like He also snappy. refers to the boat driver as Fig... Fizzgog, Loopy Lobes, and Tootle. Okay. The shade of his skin has changed slightly throughout the series. Who's making that observation? <laughs> in the Why fucking... is it one of the only things yeah. we are led to it's know? It's like that amazing thing that I saw on Twitter the other day, where someone had been on the Wikipedia page for Goblin, as in the fictional race yes. of, of goblins. And in the talk page, there's this amazing internet drama that's unfurled across the ages, where like a few years ago... <laughs> one of the opening sentences of the Wikipedia article of the Goblin was like, goblins are a fantasy race famed for their illiteracy or something. And one of the people was like, can I just run run a quick a quick gut check on this? Like, are they famed for being illiterate? Like, I've never ever the heard of that. For and this? It, it is it has been a trait of goblins, but by no means is it the main one. When I when you say goblin, it's not what I think. No, I don't think. And oh, yeah, they'd never read and Tolstoy. Yet, the, it went back and forth like for a while yeah. with people claiming big time that this was the main thing. So this seems to me like. As well, all of these monikers they're using mm. for the boat people. First of all, it's weird that they didn't just say they both use all of these rather than specify yeah, the, individually. Yeah, Rosie did it and then later... Rosie did it and Jim did it and they both did it. <laughs> um, the, the other thing is like, why why is that included in the only... Because I, I then assumed and tried to look for seeing if there was some kind of controversy about uh-huh. about their skin colour. Yeah. And, and, but there's nothing. No, it's a weird like, thing to it have just noticed. randomly it's seems to be probably just the observation well, of one Wikipedia editor. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that it's the observation of one child because I, as we're going to come on to later, I'm fairly certain children were heavily involved in, in the, the writing. writing of this Wikipedia oh, page. Oh, no. I hope they were paid for their labour. Definitely not. Oh, damn. Duck. Oh, yes. Now, Duck, he's a fan favourite. Duck is a wooden model of a duck. Yeah. Who sits on top of the ragdoll boat. Yes. He does not talk. He says quack. But can be heard quacking 
and flapping his wings what when there are no humans around, if not talking, so that both Rosie and Jim know that the coast is clear. Oh, During many yeah. episodes, either Rosie or Jim give him a kiss. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> he is the only character. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. He is the only character to directly interact with all three presenters, as only Cunliffe, who's the first of the boat owners, Cunliffe. directly addressed Rosie and Jim. What so the, the, the later two owners just ignored It's like them. some Annabelle shit where they're not yeah. allowed to like make <laughs> eye contact with the doll or, yeah, or well fuck they, them up. They Seemingly every episode, the last guy who was there for the longest, his thing was playing the harmonica. And every That's episode cool. they'd nick it and then like <sighs> leave it for him to find and play later. And then they would join in with the song, that's, but they'd never that's notice. awful. I remember one of the people, there's one of them looking like an old man with sort of slick backed hair. They're all looking like that. And he sang a song, and this is all I remember of Raising Jim. He was, they were learning about, I think, just different foods mm-hmm. or maybe Italian cuisine. And he was, what I remember is the Rosie and Jim. It had a very nice quaint theme tune, didn't it? Rosie and Jim, something along on the old ragdoll. Rag oh, of course it's yep. called the ragdoll. And anyway, and then the like nice logo would appear. And then it like, the sound, I can imagine what the waveform looked like for their like edit. Mm. Like the ambient, beautiful, idyllic sounds of this bucolic yeah. England faded up. Whoosh, the water. That was a bird or a baby. And dumb. then the man just came like right up to the camera and went... Oodles of noodles <laughs> and started singing about noodles for ages. That sounds like it was probably Tootal, i.e. Neil Brewer, who was oh, the last and the longest running of them. Really? The is first that, one, John Cunliffe, doing his favourite his favorite thing that I always remember is because he was in, like an illustrator mm. and he would, he, he'd take his two blue pens and he was would he draw Northern? a river. Yeah. That's nice. Using two pens at once. I'd like, like to copy the that. Page. Um, 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 were the people just known by their real names? Uh, yeah. That's quite strange. There's a lot of like fourth wall breaking in the Rosie and Jim verse. Yeah, well, but you say that, but the first, John Cunliffe, yeah. who was also the creator of the show, he was the um, only one who directly addressed Rosie and Jim on screen and also the only one who breaks the fourth wall to deliver like to, to camera pieces. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and why did he stop? Did he, did Rosie and Jim have an, enough of him? Um, did they drown him? He, he disappeared. Oh, goodness. Mysterious circumstances. <laughs> mysterious doll related circumstances. So the, the, um, the like, there's nothing particularly, um, like incredible about any of them really, but the, the sort of, the, the section on the narrowboat owners uh-huh. comes to an end with this sentence. Following the boat's redundancy from Ragdoll oh, Productions, sad. it is no longer on display to the public. Like, oh. it got called into the office, this boat. God, that and, 2008 and hit and all let of us. go. <laughs> That's really um, sad. Now, there's a, the next section is all the episodes, of which there were 175. Find the noodles one, will you? No. Kevin, control F oodles of noodles. <laughs> but almost none of them have any kind of description. Or if they do, it's like the episode is called Hair and the description is John visits Renoir Hair Salon in Birmingham. <laughs> they, that can't be yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Everywhere. It, everything is just them visiting some One random place, place. In, in Birmingham or mm. in the Midlands. There's a lot of canal there. But then. Yeah. But then in the section for Pat Hutchins. Episode, so series three and series four. That's she was the, s- the owner in the middle. Okay. Um, there are a couple that have long descriptions mm. or longer descriptions just sort of randomly well they must be like some of the best episodes where most events took place um well you you say that yeah 
In a way, yes. Okay, good. Um, there's also, in the midst of that, episode 69. No, That's the no weed connection. number. It's called Bouncy Castles. Mm-hmm. And it, the note here says, featuring Minnie Mouse cameo. Who's that? Wait. As in Mickey and Minnie. Yeah. Uh, Surely but, Disney did not sanction this. Well, no, because it, the full sentence is featuring Minnie Mouse cameo on girl's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a cameo. That's she appeared in the background. Wow, very cool. Um, so, for instance, episode 66, The Hat Factory. Yes. Pat visits the hat factory and sees how hats are made. Rosie wanted a red hat with some from, um, with some from Jim. They decorated a beautiful red hat for Rosie. Some what from Jim? Doesn't say. Doesn't say. <laughs> she wanted some from Jim. I think from his, made from his hair, maybe. Ugh. The disappearing sausages. That was episode 67. That's just a euphemism. Pat's friends are going on a boating holiday, but Rosie and Jim wanted to go on a boating holiday on a boat. too. Once they start to pack up, Jim wants to pack a pair of sausages, but Rosie refused. A and pair? after they finished packing up, they accidentally throw their suitcase on another boat and then got mixed up with someone else's suitcase. <laughs> This is madness. <laughs> Someone's just railing these off from memory only and Flo- never spell checking them. Episode 71 was flood on the boat. Pat had a glass of water, then it ran out. So Rosie gives her another glass of water, but she had forgotten to turn the tap off oh, at the sink. Idiot, and Rosie. while the water keeps flowing on, the whole room was flooded with water. When Pat saw what happened, she asked the man <laughs> with the tractor to take the ragdoll boat out of the water. And Rosie and Jim see what's underneath Tractors the boat. Can't do when that. Rosie suddenly realised what she has done, and with the help from Jim, they managed to clean up and get the water off the boat and turn the tap off. The end. That's so that it, it does resolve though, which is good. 80, episode 80 was the floating restaurant. Oh, I don't remember that Pat one. Pat visits a mobile restaurant on a boat with a beautiful dress and had dinner there. <laughs> Pat, with a beautiful Pat dress. Pat order an ice cream for pudding, but Jim was so hungry and Rosie was serving the customers by giving them their ice cream. But no one can see them. Nope. When Jim starts to eat Pat's special ice cream, Rosie tries to take away, but Jim wants it and then they throw the ice cream right onto Pat's face. Fucking hell, these puppets are... F- Freaks. Um, and then one of the last ones that has an explanation, which again is, is the first one with Neil Brewer, the last uh-huh. guy. When Neil's harmonica slips out of his hand and fell into the children's water bowl, and when he got it back, it had lost its toot. He went uh. to a shop that sells musical instruments. He tried out the violin, the rock guitar, and then the drums. I love the At rock last, guitar. he tried out the new harmonica, and he thinks it's perfect. Wow. <laughs> Real full circle. That's the hero's journey. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that that was what an inane set of events taking place in every episode, but with an undertone of like something very deviant about it all. It sounds like Rosie and Jim spend a lot of time exploiting the fact that they exist in a sort of shadow world where they where can't no one, be seen, where they both can interact with reality but cannot be held responsible legally for, for any the consequences of their, of yeah. their evil. Um, where they cannot be seen, testified against, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or tried um, in a court of law. Yeah, it's it's just very like. I, I had a little look, and Ragdoll Productions also made Brum. Oh, um, yeah, I, I can see that. Which That's also just in Birmingham. Also just it? in Birmingham, as the name suggests. Yeah. Um, but it seems that they, <clears throat> they kind of specialise in one of two things, which is either very, very mundane Birmingham-based, yeah. um, like children's television, but then they also make... Teletubbies and in the night garden. Oh, so they also make they've got hyper a, a division, surreal, an LSD yeah. <laughs> division. When you when you turn up, you either t- go left or you go right, and That's you either cool. end up making it's like the madness aisles in in oblivion. So I when I saw that they were the same company that made Teletubbies, I figured I've got to have a little look at the Teletubbies one because I can only imagine what sort of stuff gets said on this Wikipedia page. Yeah, and, and the Teletubbies like has you know everyone knows the everyone knows the Teletubbies. If you don't know Raising Jim though, guys, check it out. My mum used to hate it. Because it was so boring. 
and, and now you know why. <laughs> and yeah, it reads. I don't think I was a big fan either. I think I detected something, something disturbing. Something, well, it was the dolls, and you rewrote them in your head as people. Yeah. So the Teletubbies. Yeah. The program focuses on four differently coloured creatures known as Teletubbies. Yeah. Named after the television screens implanted in their abdomens. Don't say implanted because it makes it sound like someone did an experiment. On well, them. they did. Recognised throughout popular culture for the uniquely shaped antenna protruding from each of their characters. That's not what they recognised. The Teletubbies for. communicate through gibberish and were designed to bear resemblance to toddlers. Okay, well, they failed on all accounts. <laughs> toddlers who've had TVs shoved straight into their tummies. Plot. Now, this is one of those fantastic moments where, like, even though we all know looking at it that it's it's weird, surreal drivel. Uh-huh. Um, there's this strange thing where when it's written out in a kind of objective yeah. documenting of the facts, it sounds even more ludicrous uh-huh. than you could ever, ever hope to capture. The programme takes place in a grassy, floral landscape populated by rabbits with bird calls audible in the background. <coughs> What I like there is that it's not populated by birds. There's none. There's, fe- there's you, canonically no birds. There's just a speaker. You can just hear the bird sound. The main shelter of the four Teletubbies is an earth house known as the Tubbytronic Superdome. I implanted didn't know that. in the ground and accessed through a hole at the top or an especially large semicircular door at the dome's foot. <laughs> the Teletubbies coexist <laughs> with a number of strange <laughs> contraptions such as the voice trumpets and the group's anthropomorphic blue vacuum Nunu. cleaner, the Nunu. Oh, the Nunu. The Nunu. Fuck, I didn't know you had the The title. show's colourful psychedelic setting was designed specifically to appeal to the attention spans of infants. An assortment of rituals are performed throughout the course of every episode, Horrible. such as the playful interactions between the Teletubbies and the voice trumpets, mishaps caused by the Nunu, the footage of children displayed on the screens and the Teletubbies' stomachs, and the magical event that occurs once per episode. What's that? So it changes every time. So, for instance, one such magical event you know all about. Can Um, I just say as well that they've buried one fact there, which is the thing that always annoyed me about the Teletubbies. (laughs) Which is that they do it twice. (laughs) Yeah, they play... The bit with the... Like where it cut to real children is by far the worst and most boring bit. Because, you know, it would just be like children doing something very dull. Oh, yeah, like, like unspeakably dull like, as we're going to find out. There was one that I remember where they were just counting pennies, like, yep. for, for maybe three minutes. <laughs> and then they would finish that bit, and it would, like, zoom out of their horrid, bloated telly Because only, tu- only one of their tummies shows something. Yeah, it's like episode. they've been selected, yeah. know, kind of the lottery, Shirley Jackson-esque, hell <laughs> dystopia. <laughs> and then all the others go... Again, yeah, again, again, and then again. you zoom right back in and watch. Ig- like, let me just say, exactly <laughs> the same thing, beat for beat, foot like from start to yeah, finish. Yeah, yeah. Not a highlight reel. <laughs> it's, I mean, to be honest, it's shit. Like, maybe we should start doing that on the show. We just, I say, like, again, partway again, through, we, we play just, this bit. We go back to Rosie and Jim. Um, the event differs each time. It is often caused inexplicably and is frequently <laughs> strange yet whimsical. Okay. Each episode is closed by the voice trumpets and the narrators. Have they not mentioned the baby son even once? The disappointed, so reluctant, but eventually obedient Teletubbies bid farewell to the viewers. They go back to the Tubbytronic the Superdome while the sun baby sets. Yeah, they should have mentioned the sun baby earlier because it's a very integral part of the vibe. It is just the sun and then there's a video of a baby in it. Don't ruin the magic. Sorry, there's a sun baby. Yeah. The main characters, Tinky Winky, Uh is the first Teletubby. 
In what as sense? As well as... Was she like the progenitor of the rest? It's Poe uh, made for yeah. his rib. <laughs> it, there is something of In like a beginning. hierarchy to I didn't realise. And I certainly wouldn't have put TW on top oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Well, he is the largest and the oldest of the group. Why does he not simply eat? He, yeah, he is, smaller he is covered in purple terry cloth and has a triangular antenna on his head. He often carries a red bag. Oh, yeah. Dipsy is the second Teletubby. He is green and named after his antenna, which resembles a dipstick. Dipsy is the most stubborn of the Teletubbies and occasionally will refuse to go along with the other's group opinion. (laughs) (laughs) His face is noticeably darker than the rest of the Teletubbies and the creators have stated that he is black. Okay. He often wears a large hat with a black and white pattern. Not that I recall. Yep. But, but sure. Um, Lala, mm-hmm. played by Nikki Smedley, oh, is classic. the third Teletubby. She is yellow and has a curly antenna. Lala is very sweet, likes to sing and dance, and is often shown looking out for the other Teletubbies. Her favourite toy is an orange rubber ball. That's good. And then there's Poe. Poe is the fourth Teletubby, as well as the shortest and youngest. Yeah, Poe's clearly a baby. She is red and has an antenna shaped like a stick for blowing soap bubbles. Poe normally speaks in a soft voice and has been stated by the show's creators to be Cantonese. She sometimes <laughs> speaks the language. Really? Her favourite toy is a red and blue she scooter. She speaks Cantonese apparently, in Teletubbies. Apparently so. That's amazing. I, I did know not that. know that. I mean, they barely they barely say words in any language. Well, they don't. They knowledge. speak in gibberish, they as, just go, as we yeah, heard they earlier. They just go noisy. So there are some supporting characters. Yeah. The the Nunu, of course, is a sentient vacuum cleaner. It was, who acts... I didn't know he was sentient necessarily. I mean, I knew he <laughs> went around. Well, what do you? I he thought had, it was just a sort of he had eyes and he could see, and he was like interacting with them. Yeah. He, he had to be sentient because get this, he voted sen- UKIP. He's a sentient <laughs> vacuum cleaner who acts as both the Teletubbies' guardian and housekeeper. In what sense? <laughs> what does he guard them from? Dust. She guards from all those bird noises. That's nonsense. He hardly ever ventures outside the Tubbytronic Superdome, instead remaining indoors and constantly cleaning with his sucker-like nose. His commute, he communicates through a series of slurping and his commute. <laughs> his commute from the back of the t- Tubbytronic Superdome to the middle it takes at least three minutes. He communicates through a series of slurping and sucking noises. Don't we all? He occasionally misbehaves and sucks up anything from tubby toast to blankets, you which prompts the Teletubbies to call to him Naughty him Nunu and give chase. <laughs> <laughs> he was blue in the original series. Yeah. Yeah, and had orange, pink, and yellow stripes Why in the revival was... series. Oh. There was a revival series. I did so not why. know about this. Mm. Recent or no? Uh Hopefully couldn't not. tell you. Hopefully not. I we'll check it out. We'll I didn't. Out. I didn't get involved. Oh, tw- tw- November twenty fifteen. Uh, the voice trumpets are several devices resembling periscopes that rise from the ground and interact with the Teletubbies, often engaging. Here's in how games. they sound exactly like this. Time for Tubby, bye bye. Time for Tubby, bye bye. They've got a really interact like, is a strong word. Yeah, they don't it? interact. They just bellow. But they've got a really. They were by far the scariest. They've got like a Half Life Two energy, where they like yeah. they seem like relics of a kind of and they just slowly rise age. up from the ground. And they the way they speak is so like they're so laconic and so like detached from every aspect. Like they don't care that it's time to be. No, it like. is very like post apocalyptic. Yeah. Like these were these are sort these of, have like, just been there for thousands of years from from a different. It age, reminds yeah. me of that. Uh, and Washburn play that our friend Joe Dange told us about, where it's like Mr. Burns, the story of um, the HMS Pinafore episode of The Simpsons has become 
like the only legend left over from civilization and they just keep playing it forever uh, and yeah. it just becomes so detached from its original meaning that it becomes like the creation myth of the entire <laughs> planet or something and it's like it's those those things that just rise it's like they've built superstitions around them and you can see a religion well, form well you're, we're going to come on to that in a minute I'm we're going to come on to that don't you worry there's just a couple of other supporting characters to have a little look through first of all the sun baby yeah um appears at the beginning and end of each episode she, i like this sentence she acts as a wake-up call for the teletubbies which <laughs> you makes it, sort yourselves <laughs> out tubbies. not like an alarm yeah. in a, um, numerous rabbits are found throughout teletubby yeah, like land them. and are depicted by several flemish giant rabbits oh, very the teletubbies cool. enjoy watching them hop and play the rabbits are the only type of animal of earth animal sorry found in the land and take residence in rabbit holes and bushes what non-earth animals are there? Uh, pff, goodness knows. I don't think any. But I, well, there's some sort of creepy stuff that, that comes in and out every now and then. Oh, there yeah. are lots of live events, apparently. I wish I could have gone to a live Teletubby event. Then, of course, we come to the Tinky Winky controversy. <sighs> or oh, controversy. Dear. Yeah. And we're going to be treating this with sensitivity, guys. Trigger warning. Well, what, what content warning do we need for this? Um, it's homophobic. It's very homophobic. Uh, a controversy began in 1999 related to Tinky Winky and his carrying a bag that looks much like a woman's handbag. Although he was first, quote, outed by the academics and cultural critic Andy Medhurst in a letter of July 1997 to the face. What about? Well, his- subject line, fury <laughs> at Winky. Tink- tinky Winky, queer. <laughs> He aroused the interest of Jerry Falwell in 1999 when Falwell alleged the imagine, character... Imagine that <laughs> sentence relating to a purple, like, fictional alien. He aroused the interest antenna. of... Um, Falwell alleged the character was a, quote, gay role model. Falwell <laughs> issued an attack in his National Liberty Journal, Fucking citing a Washington hell. Post in-out column, which stated that lesbian comedian Ellen DeGeneres was out as the chief national gay representative, while trendy Tinky Winky was in. Oh my God. He warned parents that Tinky Winky could be a covert homosexual symbol because he is, quote, he is purple, the gay pride colour, and his antenna is shaped like a triangle, the gay pride symbol. Right. The BBC made an official response explaining that Tinky Winky is simply a sweet technological baby with a magic bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Twitter bio. <laughs> um, Ken Wieselman of Itsy Bitsy Entertainment commented, he's not gay, he's not straight, he's just a character in a children's series. <laughs> in May 2007, Polish Ombudsman for Children, Eva Savinska, revisited the matter and planned to order an investigation. This person's a big hard drive check. The, or, what was it? Well, the Minister for... The Ombudsman the for Ombudsman Children. The Ombudsman for Children. <laughs> Fucking hell. I noticed that he has a woman's handbag, but I didn't realise he's a boy, Savinska said in a public but statement. But now that I have... She asked for her office's psychologists to look into oh, the allegations. Stop. After the research in late 2007, she stated, the opinion of a leading sexologist who maintains that this series has no negative effects on a child's psychology, is perfectly credible. As a result, I've decided it is no longer necessary to seek the opinion of other psychologists. And I apologise for wasting everyone's time and getting actual academics to watch the Teletubbies. (laughs) Then the lion and the bear controversy. Why are they controversial? Well, They were the best part. Can you explain 
well, context we're going to okay. we're going to come to it because it's included in april 1997 the episode titled seesaw aired and featured a sketch about a cutout lion chasing a cutout bear it's not a sketch the sketch was criticized it's for its unsettling cinematography it's incredibly unsettling. music and character design this and was deemed hard-based. inappropriate for children i am the lion and i'm looking for the bear i'm looking over here and I'm looking over there. He purposefully, whoever delivers that, he stays right away from the beat. Yeah. He won't be, I it's, am the lion and I'm looking no, for the... He's like, he's, I'm looking over here. And I'm looking over there. It properly, it really gets under your skin. And then they, they're on like roller wheels. They so appear they, from behind bushes And they just sort well. of like slide across the landscape and the eyes move left and And the right. bear, they're all like looking at you from an angle. And then it, yeah. it devolves eventually into just a sort of like cackle fest while they yeah. chase each other. They're like, Whoa! It's like if you if you sort of like removed the sound from a Benny Hill sketch and then instead really, put some really sort of evil. weird psychedelic. Music I absolutely loved that for to watch. Well, unfortunately, really it was subsequently banned in several countries, oh, and in two thousand, a revised version of the sketch was aired with adjusted editing, sound design, and voice acting to improve the tone. I'd love to see how they tried to make this obviously terrifying. Yeah, it, it must bear have the same kind of like feeling as when they tried to do the like. Um, cuts without swearing for TV oh, yeah. like these Monday to Friday snakes the edits that they Friday do plane. for for planes of, of like disaster movies where they where just they cut, out cut out everything crash, that yeah. involves planes <laughs> it's like 12 minutes long and then there's a section here that's analysis okay. which I think you might enjoy yeah, Adam I'd Roberts suggests that Teletubbies constitutes an example of radical utopian fiction in this I'd reading, the Teletubbies are an advanced culture which has eliminated all need to work, worry, or struggle in any way and regressed into a childlike state. Doesn't necessarily explain how they came to have the televisions embedded, nor look like well, huge that's, freakish fur no, babies. That's probably what led them to to getting rid of the work and yeah. struggle. What are, what are you going to do? Be I'm an accountant? Swallow like down that. a TV. <laughs> Roberts p- uh, positions the Teletubbies as the endpoint of the science fiction idea of paradise based on infantilization, a more extreme version of the future humans in Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, oh. and the Eloy in um, H.G. Wells is the Time Machine. And they're so just I'm, like they're like the Wally people, maybe. Yeah, but like worse. Well, yeah, they're who, like they would continue on for a long time, the, and then the Eloy, in case you didn't know, who are mentally childlike, uh-huh. um, but physically and sexually adult. Oh, awful. following Sigmund Freud's insight that adult pleasure must mediate id and superego, yeah. gratification and anxiety. The okay. only way to attain a completely stress-free life is to, to have surrender a TV the superego, in including sex. It follows that the broadcasts shown on the Teletubbies' inset televisions are historical documentaries <laughs> suggesting infantile existence as the paradigm, with the baby oh and the son God. likely being the society's central machine intelligence. That's an amazing <laughs> take. Roberts concludes, quote, In other words, the toddler-oriented aspect of the show can be read not in clumsily production intention terms, the show is designed to appeal to toddlers, but as a commentary upon the necessary infantilization implicit in any utopian fantasy. It poses a question, to achieve a total happiness happiness for all on the planet once technology has removed the practical barriers how far along the road towards infantile consciousness will it be necessary to travel wow. will we become like the citizens of Huxley's Brave New World or more infantile like Wells's Eloy or will we go the whole hog and subsume our angst-ridden adult consciousnesses completely in the bright colours and satisfying repetitions of Teletubby land the enduring appeal of the Teletubbies to adults suggests perhaps this latter <laughs> counterpoint though what's Nunu He's, he's, he's like angst in body, isn't he's, he? Yeah, well, sucking and, up to but, be custard. But he's technology, isn't he? So that's just proof, like, of that technology brings that anxiety. So they should just like 
cremate him and he's, put his I think he's in the kept grass. there as some kind of warning, like a mm. relic from a from a future f- uh, or from a fierce Very past. Cool. Um, I love the idea of them watching historical documentaries. That's made that bit much more interesting now because, of course, they'd want to see it again, again, again. and again, again, again. Because to really, it's the yeah, only they're probably taking the notes. That's probably what's they in Tinky Winky's bag. Is they, his big they notebook? Weren't, they weren't. They weren't writing down. They were just doing a little dance. That's really very good. So this is another one where I'm pretty sure the episode descriptions have been written by children. Okay, who have watched them. So just like I mean, they've just finished watching now, the episode. There are, let me tell you, hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Is it a British production? Four hundred and eighty-five episodes at the last count. Was it produced it's, by? Yeah, yeah, the BBC. Ragdoll. It was Ragdoll as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was Ragdoll as well, yeah. Um, They ended up filming it on the same farm as they filmed Tots TV. No. What the fuck happened to that place then? Yeah, well... Tots TV was like the bayou. Yeah. (laughs) By comparison to the the sort of car park... they couldn't, they couldn't find anywhere that had a necessary dip, is what they said. And so they ended up what? going back to this farm. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, that's what they wanted. They wanted funny. to like exist in a weird bowl. I like that. They should have filmed it in the Eden Project. Had that vibe. Um, so I, I've sort of just picked out a few uh-huh. from the early seasons because I could not... They were the best, right? Like, this is... We're talking about the length of oh some of these episode God. descriptions here. Like, they're huge. Um, but here we go. This one here is episode two, Our Pig, Winnie. Love that one. The Teletubbies... Sorry. The Teletubbies. Tele- the Teletubbies pop up from behind a hill to say, oh. <laughs> they watch a group of siblings named Matthew, James and Mark talk about their pig, Winnie. Following this, the Teletubbies perform a jumping dance. Oh, I love that one. They play a game called This Little Teletubby in which Dipsy goes for a walk and the other three stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> I play that game all the time. Tinky Winky has Tubby custard. <laughs> Lala and Poe have no custard and Dipsy runs home. The Teletubbies cool. wave goodbye afterwards. What a disjointed series of events. That's like reporting from an institution of some kind. The Teletubbies join in a game. This is episode three, The Grand Old Duke of York. Oh, the yes. Teletubbies join in a game when a voice trumpet sings The Grand Old Duke of York. The Magic Windmill brings a musical transmission featuring King Pleasure and the Biscuit Boys. Stop. What are they doing in the Tubbysphere? Yeah. After watching the performance, the Teletubbies do the stamping and stepping dance. A drum appears in Teletubby Land shortly mm. afterwards. Poe beats the drum, causing strange things to occur. Ne- After the special drum disappears, the magic windmill starts spinning. The Teletubbies watch a puppet man singing inside his house. <laughs> After God. the house disappears, the magic windmill stops spinning and the Teletubbies wave bye-bye. You can't show children that and then wonder why everyone's so absolutely fucked up now. <clears throat> Painting with hands and feet. This oh, is I hate five. stuff like this. The Teletubbies do a conga dance before the magic windmill spins and the Teletubbies watch some children playing with their hands, paint, sorry, painting with their hands and feet. Uh-huh. Later, Tinky Winky comes down the slide from inside the home hill. As he is about to walk forwards, he stops and says, uh-oh, somebody has spilled their tubby custard on the floor. Whoever it oh, was has no. left footprints. Tinky Winky follows the footsteps to the place where Dipsy is sitting with the rabbits, but Dipsy didn't spill the tubby custard, so Tinky Winky and Dipsy follow the footprints to the place where Lala is dancing, but Lala didn't spill the tubby custard oh, either. Tinky Winky, going. Dipsy and Lala follow the trail around the Teletubbies until man. they find out who spilled the tubby custard. They soon reach the home hill and follow the footprints inside the place where Poe is fast asleep. They all discover it was Poe who spilled the tubby custard, and they have a good laugh. Poe got framed, I bet. Oh, Poe mate, was it was sleeping. Nunu. Yeah, it was clearly Nunu wearing his horrible clogs. <laughs> <laughs> Nunu's freak clogs. Dad's Lorry is episode eight. Um, they're such, they're very weirdly like 
quotidian names for episodes where only mad stuff happens. Well, they're all named after Just what the, the video is. That's really an odd choice. Yeah. And in this one, when the Teletubbies get inside the home hill, Tinky Winky, Dipsy, Lala and Poe goes down the slide and they go outside in Teletubby land and the magic windmill started to spin. So Teletubbies... Why do they always oh. mention that? It happens so they, every episode. So they run off to watch a girl discussing about her dad's lorry. <laughs> In quick, te- quick. In Teletubby land, Dipsy was going for a long walk to see the other Teletubbies. First, Dipsy starts his walk near the magic windmill, then goes inside the home hill, and Dipsy and Poe <laughs> go outside so the Teletubby detailed. land. So Poe found her scooter, and then Dipsy takes another walk. He met Tinky Winky playing his bag. Dipsy playing then, his bag? Yep. Dipsy then say hello to Tinky Winky, and he says, oh back to Dipsy. Nice. Also, Dipsy then goes for another walk, and he climbs up the hill and down the hill, and Lala's <laughs> ball bounced up and down behind the hill. Dipsy then says, "Eh uh-oh, to this Lala. This is not a description. And Lala it's just says, "Uh-oh, back to Dipsy. It's and Poe rides the happens. scooter, is following Dipsy on a walk. Then Poe laid down the hill. No. And you could see a hill with flowers on it and some trees on the left and on the right. You could see Both the magic the windmill right. on the left and on a right. Oh, okay. My mistake. <laughs> you could see the magic windmill behind the hill and also a rabbit. So Dipsy climbs on the hill to see Don't a say so. Place. That doesn't follow. He, he looks at the home hill. So Dipsy keeps walking. So Dipsy and Poe takes Stop. another walk. Also, Poe found her scooter. So Dipsy keeps walking while Poe rides her scooter. And Dipsy climbs up the hill and down the hill to see Lala again. This is a and truly orange ball again bouncing up detail. and down behind the hilly hill. I feel like I'm losing hill. my mind. So Dipsy, I can't hear another so minute. So Dipsy says, uh-oh to Lala again. And Lala says, uh-oh to so Dipsy. So the credits start. Then Dipsy walks by Tinky Winky and says, uh-oh to Tinky Winky. He says, uh-oh to Dipsy. Then I'm turning the episode off. Dipsy says, to the rabbit. I'm sorry, everyone. You can also see the home hill. So as the other Teletubbies, Dipsy has a wonderful time on a walk. He it goes didn't inside sound the wonderful. home it hill. It sounded so stressful. Di- it's giving me anxiety. And then Dipsy fetches with the other Teletubbies in time for Tubby Bye Bye. All of that can't have happened in one episode unless it, it was, was like a bumper was, two and a half hour feature length. It was a length. long one. It was Fucking shown hell. in like CinemaScope as well. That's awful. They're, but like so, That's so, so weird many that of them like, are like that. Allowed to keep those. If you check out the talk page, there must be people being like unnecessarily insane level of detail. There's one person who just like rides roughshod all over the Teletubby Wikipedia it's editing really community. Problematic, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, don't read this is, any more. This is that was all of them. Yeah, I don't want to know nearly another set, another very, thing very about the like Tubbies. That. They have one called Gospel Singing, yep. Arthur Robot Story. Arthur Robot. Hey Diddle Diddle and then followed by Dirty Dog I don't like it's that it's not good that B-side so what what have we what have we learned today Isaac well how would you sum up thanks for throwing to me today? that's okay what I've learned is that I was right to dislike Rosie and Jim because there was a darkness there and a kind of off kilter like Coraline-esque existing in the corners of your eye element to those puppets that I'd completely erased from my memory but was correct to rebuke. Yeah, they're like mischievous spirits, aren't they? Yeah, but but they're clearly the kind that start off mischievous and then when you when you like get involved for a bit of fun mischief they will fuck they'll you up. They'll fuck you up, they'll throw they'll, your ice cream. They'll right probably on your like face. the rag doll boat is probably the home to so many child bones. Maybe that's why they were so worried when that tractor was going to pull it out. Yeah, they were like, the, oh, don't the look, hull opens don't up. Look, don't look. <laughs> and they killed the tractor man oh, and drowned no. him in the And canal. they made the boat redundant. <laughs> yeah, just to cover the trail. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. And then for the on the Teletubbies note, I've always 
had a love-hate relationship with those guys because the show is objectively super boring to watch. And because my mum's a nanny, I had to watch a lot of it mm-hmm. um, with little kids that she was looking after because children do like the Teletubbies. They can't get enough, to be honest. Um, however, it's just, it's amazing that there's like so much unnecessary stuff going on. And I think that's the main theme that I always think about when we talk about children's TV. Like children are very easily entertained by stories you can just make one up and they'll like it. You'd yeah. be like, once upon a time there was this fish. And they'll be like, oh my God, really? Wait, where? Like, no, no, <laughs> Who was it? I made it up. <laughs> but let's go with it. And that will that can do you for half an hour of, of chat. But the fact that so many bizarre layers have to be chucked on, it's almost like they just use the production of children's TV as an experimental ground for like, what's the what's the strangest thing you can do to a child's mind <laughs> and it still turns out to be like vaguely how okay. haunting can we make yeah. this lion chasing a bear and it's and they absolutely bottomed out as far as i'm concerned <laughs> because any more upsetting and it would straightforwardly be a horror film those sections yeah. it, it, if they if it was just moderately less colorful yeah if it had even a, a drop of blood on its face then that it's, bear then, then we, you would be arrested being, yeah. for looking at it and yeah, I just always wonder, like, the circumstances of their creation. It seems like in a world in which so much TV is very sanitized and commercialized to the point of, like, having all of the edges kind of smoothed away. Mm-hmm. So that you end up with, like, 400 witch and vampire, young adult, Twilight-esque ripoff shows yeah. and Buffy shows and things like that, which have been kind of churned out for the last 30 years, it feels like. Like, how does that whole wheel keep on spinning? But then, like, if you just peel back the curtain to the the children's TV area, it's like all of the people who got kicked off these other productions <laughs> for pitching the weirdest shit. Like, what if Edward and Bella can only communicate through a fucking magic windmill or a pipe that just appears in the middle of the floor? And harkens back to the the normal human days. Like, the magical events that happen every episode at the turning of the magic windmill vary so hugely in, like, tone and scope. Like, the very first episode, the one, which is one that I kind of quite vividly remember watching. Oh, yeah. There's just, like, a Noah's Ark, animals walking two by two onto a boat. Oh, I do vaguely remember that. But, like, it's all, like, slowly coming over the... Then there's another one where the whole valley floods and three ships float by and then it all just disappears. That's distressing. And it's, well, A, it is distressing, but B, also, it it's so incredibly and just, like, boldly contrived to be like, well, the rest of the episode consists of objectively nothing happening. Like, it's the four things. We watch the same shit video twice. The rest of them is Dipsy going for a walk. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to we'll end every episode windmill. by doing a magic and then windmill. We've got David so Lynch <laughs> to direct a two and a half minute <laughs> nightmare scape, and then we'll just and then they can all say goodbye. And there's a baby in the sun, and it goes. <laughs> That's how it goes. I do. I do quite like it though. Like I think. I, I think my criticism of a lot of like children's media is that it is so bland and dull. Yeah, and, and children so. do have the capacity to like and talk about very interesting and weird things. Yeah, and, and to understand so them. Maybe, maybe the Teletubbies should have lent into it even more and gone like even stranger. And maybe the bear and the lion should have a spin-off where they just exist <laughs> where in they the black talk about, like death. <laughs> <laughs> They're just smoking. <laughs> They're just smoking a joint and like Nunu floats by every so often screaming <laughs> silently. 
and the whole thing, every so often there's just like a boom and they all just look to the left of the screen and then it slowly it becomes a Beckett back. play. <laughs> yeah. That actually, like, the closest tonal match to a lot of children's TV is Waiting for Godot. Like, it exists mm. in a sphere where it's... Well, that especially, yeah, Teletubbies. It's super boring on one level, but the, the like, absence of any framework for what normal narrative should be gives it, like, a very mysteriously captivating quality. And where it's at its best, the Teletubbies tapped into that, um, which is why I was never a Tweenies fan, because it never did. It was no. always just relentless. Like, sound. Yeah, just relentless colour. Colour, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's like the quietness of of those programmes that I think works really well. Maybe, the, maybe In the Night Garden does do that, and I'm just being because you know i'm not a baby these days not, so i'm not, not too, necessarily the target you're audience sort of a bit older than that yeah i'm in my tw- early you've 20s you've got your sort of greys coming in, in in my early got... 20s many are saying <laughs> but yeah that's my feelings three zero that that's probably where we'll end the episode if you want to keep ru- if you want to keep ruining it how's this for a magic event you're off the show <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> the windmill's turned and i'm i've replaced oh, you with the bear oh god he's in <laughs> isaac oh i'm looking for declan <laughs> yeah well there we go a deep dive, if ever a dive were were done, I would say. We've got a bunch of socials out there on the internet. We do, fair few of them. I'd love you to talk us through them because it's not really my domain. Uh, well, we, I suppose we can we can split the honors because you're probably better at talking about the Twitch and the Discord. Okay. Why don't you talk about those for a second? Let me talk to you about the Twitch. Twitch.tv is one of these up and coming gamers websites but wait i hear you saying not what? that kind not that kind of oh well, no, 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 no. Uh, most of those have been shut down these days this is a gamers website where you can see me and declan sometimes just what? me oh. what no no it's, it's oh, okay. just him i was like what you were i, see, I thought I you were throwing me off another thing you can then, see uh, us playing some games i've mostly been using it and the motivation for starting it originally <clears> apart from it always being fun is that i've just got a huge backlog of media that i haven't really consumed on account of my worsening by the day <laughs> ability to focus fine. on anything for more than one or two seconds. But yeah, we've played some fun stuff and we do, we're streaming at the moment on a, on a schedule that's relatively tight. Yeah. Today, notwithstanding no, no, no. Monday to Thursday, um, Monday to Wednesday, 9 PM. Yeah. Thursday, at 10, 10 PM. And then Sundays at scare quotes, nine. <laughs> yeah. But it's a really anything goes, but if you follow us, we're at shame.city slash Twitch or shame city with two Y's on Twitch. Follow us, you'll get a little notification on your app when we go live. We'd love to see you there. It'd be great. We'd we'd be vibing, to be honest, and we're heading we're heading slowly but surely towards affiliate status. And if you head over to shame.city slash discord, mm. you get updated about it there as well. That's huge. And we, we're with, there's people having a chat. Yeah. You'll meet some of the other we're stream start, viewers in there. We're starting a new NFT channel where we brainstorm and create some big NFTs for us to make Isaac posts from. a lot of his art in yep. there and you get to... Well, you don't They're have to one the same, it. You might really. not want to. Um, what else you can send us an email send us an email, an email in a bit yeah have we? people have gone off email as a medium I, well I hate it to be honest I despise it it so might I don't be blame because me. you're so negative about it that people don't use but it but what I have repeatedly said is it's the one type of email I do like to okay. get it it's might be scaring people the way you are about email though don't saying. no because I get I go like oh for fuck's sake e-, and then I go oh my god email oh, like when okay. I see that it's from that I haven't heard you do so, that so I didn't know well you've never been in the room no that's true you've never been in the room um, but yeah TAS T-A-S that is yep. at shame.city um, send us anything there it's a huge what address. you think what you want yep. what you know yeah what you could know what what we could know yeah anything like that you can find us on Twitter at shame city gang 
Yeah. And Isaac's artworks get put up there every every time we do it. Really, they're really quite something. He's he's niftying all over the gaff. Um we've also got mm-hmm. patreon.com slash shame city. Yeah. Um if you head over there, then there's gonna be bonus content. We're about to record this week's bonus content. Because yeah. if one episode's not enough, and let's be honest, it's not. No. Then you can get <laughs> really ain't. a million extra episodes for five dollars. It well, There's I don't think, a million I don't episodes. Think, no, you can't say that. <laughs> After last week's Damn. financial ruin, we can't okay. be talking about that. There could but there's, be. There's dozens. Yeah, there could be as many dozens. as a million. There could be a million. There's up to there's a million not, episodes. There's nowhere near a million episodes <laughs> on there. I, and that's I, what twenty five thousand pounds a month. No, just five dollars. Oh my god, that's just much five dollars. Therefore, month. it's basically free. It's well, it is basically yeah. free, and you get loads of stuff, Think and you get all the it. stuff that's already been done. What else are you going to spend five dollars on? Rent? <laughs> come on, come off it. Food? Oh, come oh on. No, 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 no. Do no. spend it on those first. But if you have any left over, then flick yeah. it our way, and together we'll play on the Patreon.com/slash/ShameCity. Million episodes. No. <laughs> I've done it again. I can't be saying this. That's all there is. Not, I think that's else. everything, isn't it? Yeah, better fucking happy. Let's summarise. Shame City on Twitch. That's got two Y's. Shame.city slash Discord. Come and hang out. Patreon.com slash Shame City. Shame City gang. Tasset Shame.city. I've been Isaac. You've been. I've been Declan. See you next week. You Time Mr. for Tubby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
necessities of life will come to you. 